We all know there's no end to the various perceptions around what it is we do and who we are in the world of DevRel. It's something that makes defining developer relations difficult. It makes it difficult to describe to others. So what are some of the touch points and touch your topics when it comes to DevRel? You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangball, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. So we're talking about hot take. So what does it mean to have a hot take? Is it just that it's controversial or is it just an, a popular opinion? What if it's actually a popular opinion amongst ourselves, but not to the outside? What if we just wanted to sprinkle some snark on some of these topics? Well, do we have an episode for you? And we have a guest. We have, in the past, you might have heard this person on the community po post uh, pulse, but welcome back, SJ. SJ, introduce yourself. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much, Wesley. I like that I was pulled back in for the snarky episode. <laughs> I hope I can deliver. I think that I probably can. Um, I'm SJ Morris. My pronouns are she, her. I lead developer community at HubSpot. Um, and I'm really glad to be back here for this episode. And and, and, and a Community Pulse alumni. And a Community Pulse alumni. Alumnus? Yes. Alumni. A proud alumni. Yeah, um, we're super, super happy to have you back. It's great to see you, SJ. And thanks for you. deciding to, to join us on this, uh, on this very special episode. We're going to get into some controversy. Uh, and some, just some, uh, we were talking about hot takes, if that's the right word or not. Some of the stuff that we wanted to bring up today may not seem like hot takes per se, but uh, definitely uh, somewhat controversial or things that we feel are important enough to bring up and uh, things that are just going on within the industry and uh, really psyched to have you back here. I know PJ's got some really hard thoughts and feels about <laughs> some of these things, as does Wesley Talk and myself. It. Does he? I mean, he's usually yeah, so dispassionate. Do, do I? Exactly. I, I know. I, you know. People always say that PJ, he's so chill and relaxed. Nothing seems to flap him. He is unflappable. Yeah, he's mm. not very opinionated usually, but we've got some things that he wanted to talk about today. <laughs> so um, why don't we just dive right in? Actually, I think, PJ, I'm going to let you take lead here on our first hot take uh, yeah. of this episode. Yeah. So why don't you let us know what you're, what's on top of your mind? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee us up with something that I think... Again, like Jason, you mentioned and Wesley mentioned in the intro, like some of these are like popular opinions amongst ourselves in DevRel, but maybe people don't understand outside of that perspective. But I'm going to tee it up with the easiest one. DevRel is not marketing. <laughs> Let me say it again. DevRel is not marketing. We are what not shills. We are not pre-sales. We are not part of the marketing engine. And the reason I say this is that the goal of a marketing, you know, a marketing unit is to fill the top of the funnel, to gain sales. That's their goal. Our goal is to bring a community around a product, a tool, an organization, a company, whatever it is, and point out like why it benefits the community. We want to build the community and advocate for them on both sides, to them for the company, to the company for the, the people. That's what we do. We don't care if they actually buy anything, and that's okay. And and the next part of this is, is what, what, what SJ highlighted, but DevRel needs to work alongside marketing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a happy, a happy, it should be a happy marriage. It should be. It isn't always. Um, in, I think in, a healthy environment. in a healthy environment, or, it should. Isn't there like the, there's a, there's a, like a, um, what do you call it? Improv take this. It's marketing and, right? Marketing. Yeah, and. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So yes. SJ, why don't you tell, say, say more about what you mean by sure. that? Because I feel like I mean, um, I think that it's, you know, I think that I think this is probably one of those hot takes that in the DevRel world and the, the community, we probably kind of all agree on it. It's probably not such a hot take in our direct world. But I think uh, marketing sometimes would like to believe that they are indeed much more sort of directly overseeing um, anything that has to do with, um, you know, talking to customers, talking to uh, potential leads and seeing where they can get their sometimes not, not too grubby, but sometimes <laughs> grubby little cute hands on our precious people that we talk to. Um, I think oftentimes marketing needs to simply learn that um, the, re the sort of community value that we provide um, gives our customers and our, you know, the folks that we're interacting with, developers, a safe space where they're protected from, you know, what, what might be a lot of inundation and messaging that's on the marketing side. And I, I think that once they start to see the value of, especially with a developer audience, um, what it means to provide that safe space and how it actually has such um, a long-term benefit for a growing developer community, um, they will be hands-off. Uh, it all depends on like when marketing evolves with the company uh, alongside DevRel. I feel like in a lot of like developer-facing companies, we're like developer-first, if we want to call it that. Um, marketing comes a little later than DevRel. I don't know if what y'all think, if that's true. Um, I think that yeah, I, that's a different hot take, but I think it depends on the organization, their, yeah. what they're building, what they're doing. One thing Absolutely. I will say that I think DevRel is super dependent on is something called product marketing, where product marketing is actually helping uh, build a full, complete comms flow for a rollout DevRel can focus on the good stuff, which is like demoing it, getting in front of mm -hmm. uh, developers to get feedback, um, teaching them how to use things, right? Um, and the product manager can create the like the flow that needs for something to go to market. Like that go to market flow um, is really different to me than like trying desperately to get leads out of developers. So like to me, that's a really important function that DevRel like relies on to be successful. Um, one of the things that we've, we've had probably more discussion on this topic than any of these other hot takes um, lately as we've been as we've been planning this um, episode. And I think PJ hit it on the head. It depends is is like, you know, it should be the first thing that people respond to when it, when somebody makes that claim. Because I think, just like what you said, SJ, like we have to work closely with marketing. Uh, some of it is when I think back to my time at, at Victor Ops, I, it was a startup, you know, I was like employee number 12 and we grew a, a little bit over time, but because we were such a small company, we didn't have a huge marketing team that took on all these other things. So I was more of a, you know, a, a person who helped the marketing team achieve their goals, but I wasn't bound to their goals. I'm not trying to drive, you know, MQL or anything like that. I'm not trying to create top of funnel. All those things are not my responsibility, but what is my responsibility is the success of the product, the success of the company. And so I wanted to help sales and marketing and product and all of them be successful. And I think that goes to the core of what developer relations is, is developing relationships with all of the different people that go into building 
uh, a product, but also the people that go into consuming it. You know, the adoption and the awareness are usually like the two top um, sort of focuses when people say, well, what does a developer advocate do? What is developer relations like responsibility? In some cases, it does start with awareness. My, my primary jo- uh, role at VictorOps was to get out there and make sure the world knew VictorOps existed, that there was an alternative to pager duty, that there was a, a way to like sleep better at night because you're on call. I just had to let people know we existed. And, and that was a big part of my role. And there's some people who would read into that and be like, well, that's an awareness um, type of thing. And that just sounds like marketing. So I think that that kind of leads to a lot of the confusion. But then you see other companies, you know, Spotify, like PJ's ad, AWS, like Wesley, Datadog, myself, HubSpot, much bar- much larger organizations have sort of separated out and divided those those roles. And it, and it becomes a little bit more of, well, that's not my job. That's not what we do over here in relations. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is, it's one of those things that it's going to be hard to really tell people it is not marketing. When there are, it's clear there are people who do things that are related to marketing and they have a role or a title that is advocate, evangelist, DevRel, specialist, something along those lines. Right. Now, I think it's interesting that you mentioned it because it is, it is a question of scale. Um, but part of that scale is also kind of, uh, kind of goes into to Wesley's hot take, next hot take. Um, and that's like, you know, growing as an industry, but Wesley, do you want to take it from there? Before okay. we do, can we give that yeah. one? I'll give that one one chili pepper out of five. One chili pepper out of five. Okay, fair. <laughs> like both of spiciness. Yes. Not that spicy. Is it, is it a flea or okay? No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if mine's a hot take. More, it's a pet peeve. Uh, it, it, this is this goes that qualifies. Into like, this is a very get off my lawn kind of take. Uh, as an old man with the changing language, is that DevRel is not a noun. You, you, you don't need to hire a DevRel. You can't say that I'm a DevRel. It's Preach. DevRel is, a, de, is a department. And to me, it feels that calling someone a DevRel is flattening all of DevRel. Mm-hmm. Do you work on docs? Do you work on like, are you an evangelist? Are you in community management? There's there's live streaming. There's so many facets to developer relations. Calling someone a DevRel doesn't really encompass all of the different duties and the nuance and the beautiful, beautiful spectrum of all the roles that need to be done by just flattening that out. And I, 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 think, I think it kind of came a little bit from the... The, the DevOps community that decided to start calling people a DevOps. We need to hire a DevOps. Uh-huh. What? It, it's also like it what? started with social media. Like, do you have a Facebook? Do you have a Twitter? Do you have an Instagram? Well, yeah, older, I have a Twitter like account. I have an Instagram Facebook. account. <laughs> call it the Facebook. The Facebook. I, in, when I first saw somebody refer to a person as a DevRel, I thought it was a slip up and then somebody ran with it as a joke, you know, which is like, Oh, we're just going to keep saying this really because it makes PJ and other people mad. Um, yeah. But I, I think there actually are people out there who, who do refer to individuals as a, I still see which, it all the time, which is oh, yeah. very confusing. And I will say I, it, it irritates me. I wish it would stop. So shame to anybody who does that, but let's, let's change course and, and try to correct our language here. On this our point. grammar. But I, I, you see it most often in the places that are, we're hiring our first DevRel. Yeah. 
Okay, so maybe so in that I feel like which is a red flag. Red yeah, flag. Well, flag. I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive you because maybe I need to come into your organization and train you up a little bit. I'll be the first to tell you that that's not a noun. You're like but, actually, you might need to hire an agency to help you map out your foundation. Yeah. Step one: English 101. Um, I think that yeah. was more of a um, spicy in the annoyance level. Mm, yeah, right? yeah, as opposed to like, like hot but not tangy. Like very annoying. It's up there with pin number. Um, it's just like Nick Carter, ATM, ATM machine, ATM machine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like like um, chai chai tea, chai tea. It's like that. Oh chai yeah, tea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sahara mm -hmm. Desert. Yeah, table mesa. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> One thing I will say is English that, is uh, stupid. Maybe that's the actual, <laughs> that's hot. English is what? a stupid language. Facts. Um, I, I will say one thing that I, and this is going to be one of those things that's hard for us to hear because we've been all doing this for a long time, but, um, my, I think HubSpot would agree with me that like DevRel still is fairly new to the company as a function. Um, I think we're only maybe like four or five years into actually having a full on DevRel team or an actual DevRel team. Um, and, um, we recently, uh, brought in a couple of execs that are like bringing DevRel to like a higher place that on that, on the topic of maybe one of the other hot takes we might discuss. Um, and um, in doing so, or one of the execs has likened DevRel to product about 10, 15 years ago when product wasn't this sort of core function in most tech companies. And now it's like, you can't imagine a tech company without a product org. Um, and I think that most Folks, I mean, like, I don't know, product may not be the best analogy because, like, product managers really are the folks who comprise product a lot of the time. And there is some nuance in there, but maybe not as much as, as DevRel. But I do think that, like, once developer relations gets to, like, the parity of, of if it does, I mean, I kind of hope it does, um, but if it gets to the parity of, like, uh, recognition of necessity along the same lines as product, then we might have more nuance in there. Yeah, I, I feel like you just reminded me of something recently when I started Datadog and I was I was meeting a lot of different people the first week I was in New York doing my onboarding and and I introduced myself. I said, I'm in DevRel. And I think, you know, probably part of it was just the way I said it, but they didn't catch what I said. And then when when I had to clarify DevRel, they were like, what's that? And I and I'm like, oh, OK, so it's it's really not a it's not clear what that term means. I think we shortcut developer relations just out of habit and really developer relations is a lot more clear uh to about mm -hmm. what it is we do and just the term devrel i think is confusing to folks that that aren't around it and working with it all yeah, the time that's a really good point again english is hard developer relations Ugh, what about it sure is especially <laughs> for you sj being a foreigner in uh, another country um, yeah so we speak english in that country as well <laughs> as, as well as well <laughs> Yes. Yeah. All I, right. I, got and other languages too. But who's up? I think Jason, you're up, you're up next. Yeah, Jason, uh, you're next. Well, we, we got to get a spicy ranking. Oh yeah, that one from SJ. Oh, spice ranking of that one. Um, I think. Wait, what was that? Well, that one was Devrel. Devrel's not a noun. Not, not, not a noun. No, I mean like that's not spicy at all. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be content. Half, half chili pepper. Half chili pepper. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we go like. <laughs> I got a Wonder Bread rating on that one. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring one in that's hopefully a little bit more spicy for your tongue here. Um, 
Now I'm going to preface this as saying that I am a developer advocate. I have been one for a number of years. I've built a career on it. I've spent a lot of time traveling the world, speaking at conferences and organizing a lot of community events. My take right now is that too many community events are putting nothing but developer advocates on their program and on stage. And uh, I don't know what to make of that hot take. It, 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 it worries me, you know, when I see a lot of uh, events out there that clearly they're trying to, you know, do the right thing for the community, but they're bringing in, um, well, I shouldn't say they're bringing in, I think a lot of the folks that are submitting talks to these conferences are, are mostly developer advocates because that's, that's a big part of the role is to go around and, and give talks and speak and work with the community at, at, you know, where they are, meet them where they are. But I also know myself, this, this is my feeling, and I've heard it from lots of others, that when they go to an event and they want to learn something, that hearing from the practitioners is, is so much, you know, just brings so much more value because you've, you've heard them talk about the problems that they've run into and how they solve that. And developer advocates can, can weave a great story, but they're not always hands-on keyboards building things. So anyway, that's my take on that. And I, I still don't even know how I feel about saying that out loud and putting that there on the airwaves. But PJ, I'm, what's your thought? I'm, I'm about to add some spice to this take. People hiring developer advocates who are not hands-on keyboards are not hiring developer advocates. They're hiring PR people. That's the truth of it. We we went through the whole episodes and episodes and episodes ago. Do you need to be technical to get mm -hmm. a job in DevRel? No, you don't. But at some point in time, your technical knowledge comes into play. That technical is, knowledge is PR be, marketing. PR. Mm, that's different hot take. We're already piling one hot take on another. <laughs> I do, we do not need to. We do not need to. To. to uh, we do not need to uh, Jenga this. Well, so who corrects this problem? Is this up to the community uh, organizers of these events to, to try to encourage more practitioners and, and tell developer advocates that we love you, but that's not what we want this time? I, I would say that one of the functions of developer advocacy within a company should be to uh, run a speaker program and skill up folks internally to be able to and showcase opportunities to them. I had to do that at MailChimp because I was the only person doing DevRel. And for another hot take, I'm not technical <laughs> yeah, or I... not as technical as y'all most likely. Okay, fair, fair play. Um, but you are technical. Yeah. You you do uh, stuff. We've had discussions. You do stuff that is highly, I, that, I that to the average person is highly technical. Sure. You might not directly write code. You might not directly contribute to your product, but you do stuff that is technical. Okay. In that case, I mean, like that's a whole other a whole other slippery slope was like, what is technical versus yeah, what, yeah. that that that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I think the, the issue too is is because of these programs, because of these people that don't have the hands-on keyboards experience, and you know some of them are being trained up, some of them are becoming practitioners. But there's very much there's way too many of if it is a technical talk or they're de delivering technical information, it's it's so high level, so starter, so very beginning of this is. This is how you get started. And I'm, I'm not excluding myself from this. I do this all the time. How to get started with the Spotify API, finding Frank, see my talk at, at, at Dev, uh, Dev Space. Like that's a talk I'm actually giving because that's a talk that, that, that they want given. But at the same time, 
um, as a community organizer. Time to, I think, hell, time to hello world should not be a top metrics. Another hot take. Okay. Boom. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just we are going to jenga this. We're going to jenga. This. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, overcomplicate this a little bit as well. We have a previous episode where we talked about what is technical and how that's changed over time from mm-hmm. like assembly code to uh, abstracted code like uh, C++ and then so on and so forth is prompt engineering technical. Oh God, <laughs> that's really is hot prompt take. engineering. Wow. Oh, Wesley. Yeah. Wesley, you're asking the hard <laughs> questions today. Buddy. Um, wow. No. I got tangents to your tangents. <laughs> this, I, we were worried when we were designing this episode. A little bit of background for the people who don't know how Community Pulse works. Uh, we were worried that this is what would happen, and it's exactly what's happened. And I'm not mad about it. Um, but no, I, I think that the the issue the issue there is understanding like what it is like what it, can can you share with the share with the class what it is you're doing with prompt engineering like can you is it is are you still uh, you know advocating for technology if you're teaching people how to learn scratch which is which is you know click and drop yeah i mean like is the end goal to build something that helps someone like go back to the root word of technology have you helped someone perform a task in a way that is easier than the way they were doing it before yes then you have utilized technology Oh gosh. What about you, Jason? This is your hot take, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been struggling with this a lot. I'm not really in a role where I'm organizing conferences, and and I don't know who's I don't know who's should be tapped to to solve this problem. But I, I feel like it. If I were in a position that I'm trying to organize uh, another community event, now I want to be specific that we're, I'm talking about community events because you start looking at the larger conferences and you do see a lot of practitioners but events uh, devops days is a pretty good example of it a lot of times it's just a lot of developer advocates and that's no that's not the fault of the organizers themselves because they get a lot of submissions and a lot of them are developer advocates it's us because that and, is a and, part and of the role to add to that jason we are really good at writing CFPs. Like we are really good at it. We do it That's all true. the time. That's true. Even before Chad GPT, we, we were good, good at this stuff. But, <laughs> well, I, think, but another, I think another. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, well, I just ahead. want to say that I think another element of it is that the format of a lot of talks that we historically give are 30 minutes or less. And in that time frame, it is very difficult to do something hands-on, technical, that is showing something from the practitioner's lens. Like, let me show you this thing that I, I built so that I can, you know, inspire you and also show you, not just tell you and get you all fired up and go home to talk, you know, to your coworkers, but like actually show you what I did with either code or no code. PJ's got thoughts and feels on that too. But like, I think I can show you how to like change your world in Excel, you know, Microsoft Excel. Like I, that, that, that still is a technical tool and I think 100%. when you get when you get somebody who can like show you those things, not just inspire you. To me, that you know, and some of this might just because of the pandemic. Just you know, that I've I've sort of like evolved away from these inspirational thirty minute talks at community events, and I want I want the like receipts. I want to see what you did. I don't want to just hear about something that's that's high level. Well, maybe I don't know that there's a solution. Yeah, maybe it's if developer advocates were doing more workshop type of um, talks, 
or well, I guess it's not a talk if it's a workshop, right? You're hosting mm -hmm. something that's a lot more hands-on and that's the meat of the kind of uh, material that you're making available at these events. Um, but one thing, one little hot take I wanted to sort of allude back to that we were talking about. Um, I do think there's too, starting to be too many events for us by us, like for developer advocates by like, it's great for us to meet. I think there should be those opportunities for us to connect with each other. But I don't know how I don't know how to solve that problem because there's never going to be like one central developer advocate organization that we all, you know, come to the annual conference every year because we, we're, we're members. Right. But I think that would make more sense than all these sort of like smaller ones popping up everywhere. Um, yeah. I, I, well, it's like we created also, a little they, they echo have, chamber. They, yeah, that, exactly. They created an echo, echo chamber. chamber. There's, exactly. not, there's no, a lot of times there's no like living thing that, that happens out. Like, all right, so we've all discussed this and here's what, here's what we as an industry are now going to go to agree to. Let's sign on to this manifesto. There's an agile the, manifesto. There's no DevRel manifesto. Why? The advocates who are at a develop, a true developer event could have like a little gathering there. And like instead of sure, and yeah. it happens anyway. It happens organically yeah, it does. anyway because we all know each other. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 move on to the next one. I think that that's something we can we can talk I, about for a long time. Can I can I do this one, SJ? Because I feel like yeah. that was at least yeah. You can three, do. I'm not even looking like at three three and a half chili peppers. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Three, all right. Three and a half chili peppers. All right, well, PJ, you're, you're next. Yeah, I'm next. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't, this one, I, I also don't think is an unpopular opinion, but I think that for people outside of DevRel, they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand. Uh, especially if we look at the waves of layoffs and firings and closures of DevRel programs, eliminating DevRel hear the, hear me now, VCs and investors and, and startups across the world, eliminating DevRel will hurt your bottom line. Um, we, oh, you know, a lot of people use the anecdotal statistic a lot. Um, when you burn a community, like it, it takes you six months to build up a community around the things that you do. It takes you 10 minutes to burn that down. It's going to take you five years to get it back. If you get rid of the people who are actually fostering this community, <coughs> you're, you're screwing yourself. You're screwing yourself and it's going to hurt you. Um, every company I know that has decided to we're going to move in a different direction and focus on marketing. We're going to, you know, we've hired these people called developer marketers and we're only going to do that. No more developer relations. Uh, we've decided to shut down all of our events. And we're not going to actually interact with the community directly. We'll just do it through blog posts and content. Okay. Um, but every step you take away from the community is, a, is another six months to a year. You're going to have to work to build it back. That's these, it's just, and you're going to sit there and wonder what, well, why are we losing money? Why are why we, why can we not get investors? And that's the reason why the people who know can how to you, talk to the people that use your stuff aren't there. Peach, can you, for the uninitiated, can you draw a line for those uh, listening, how developer relations and the bottom line are connected in that way when you get rid of an entire department um, sure. Or, sure. or initiative around, around working and with developers? So sure. I mean, like, so let, let's assume we'll talk about a co company. Oh, I was about to say company X. We can't say that anymore. Shit. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Company G. Um, company G has a DevRel program. They have, uh, you know, a, a DevRel uh, manager, two Dev advocates, and two content writers. They decide that they don't really want to deal with the ad. They they don't want the advocates going out in the community anymore. It's very costly. 
Uh, now they've worked for four or five years to build this community around this project that they have, uh, an open API that people can use to build it. Well, part of the reason why people are so interested in building it is these advocates are continually going out and talking about it and, and talking about new features, talking about how to do cool stuff, doing workshops, doing talks, bringing people into the community. So that stops. Developer advocates also, they, they let the two developer advocates go. On the other side, they're also the ones who have been working in the forums and answering the questions and kind of triaging some of the support that comes in through social media, because that's what dev advocates do. They talk to the community. They have non-transactional relationships with people that are actually using your things. So they leave. Well, now there's nobody really answering those questions. Well, I hate to tell you, like as original as your startup is, as, as brilliant as your new concept was, as first to market as you actually made it with your GTM plan, other people could do the same thing you do. You don't foster the community. Those developers will go and find something else to do. They'll find another product. They'll find another place to be. Um, I mean, to bring back to bring it back to X, they shut down their API. What happened when they shut down their API? Mastodon got blasted into the stratosphere with people using it. Does stick around? No. There's blue sky. There's a bunch of other things. But people are not going to sit around and wait to see if you're going to fix your shit. They're yeah. not going to wait for you to figure out that you did something wrong. And half the time, they're not going to tell you. The, the way I see it is that it has a direct impact on your brand and your image, which has a direct impact on your customer retention and future prospects and future, like, you know, customers, I guess. So it, it, and when, when users out there can't find a strong community and can't get their questions answered and there's just no support, that's not official support, they mm -hmm. bounce, they go other places and, and, and also it just it leaves a, a, a tarnish on that company that you know company g just let go of everybody you know on a team whatever the name is that actually their sole purpose is to build relationships strong relationships out in the world they just got rid of all that people notice that uh, you know the, the potential customers are are going to think twice about going all in on your tool or your product or whatever if there isn't that out there, if they can't find, you know, a handful of people that they can build some sort of camaraderie with, some relationship with, that isn't customer success or customer support, technical support, you know, anything like that. There, there's this other element that I think we need. <laughs> I was going to say also removing and eliminating your DevRel department in effect freezes or puts your whole product on ice. People don't hear about new features. People don't understand new features. And also the the old bugs never get fixed in the eyes of people who are using it because they don't hear that it's fixed. They don't hear mm -hmm. that it's improved. And so conversations are happening where, oh, don't use X, sorry, don't use G's product because I, I had this problem and you don't want to run into that issue. If there's no one participating in that conversation, seeing that conversation, correcting the record, then that person that's, that goes to the second party, third party, fourth party, and it keeps disseminating unchecked and reverberating through the community without that intervening voice to say, oh, we have a hot fix for this, or we patched that a few rev revisions ago, or here's the workaround until we get it fixed. People who aren't in those conversations don't one worse if they are not aware of it in the home base. The other is that the people aren't aware of it if it is actually fixed. And I've been in a few companies where that was the case. 
I'm starting to think that we all agree that eliminating DevRel will hurt your bottom line. So I might say this might this one might, might not be the spiciest of takes, <laughs> at least in this room. These are all these are all potentially spicy takes depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I imagine a lot of our we should say this for the community post roadshow. Yeah. Hopefully they'll right? pass this on to to their leadership who is uh who is the, the real decision makers in, in these unfortunate decisions. Yeah. Like the symbolism ultimately of eliminating DevRel, or I've seen a lot of community teams being eliminated in layoffs. Um, it's just a big F you to your customers, your developers, and a huge sign that you just like really don't care. And you know, PJ, you said something really um, that I'd never like phrased it this way. Uh, a couple of minutes ago, you said um, non-transactional relationship mm -hmm. and how the importance of having that with customers and developers um, is essential to your long-term success. The Senate yeah. can take that away. Like, I just love that. I'm going to start using that a lot. Yeah. It, it, this this is also, I, I meant to, to bring it up. Like this is also the difference between like developer relations and developer marketing. In in my mind, like marketing is a train, your, your desire is yeah. for a transactional relationship and dev relations is not about that. Yeah. You're just, about a relationship with developers. It's right there. I mean, there's only two words. It's right there. It's right there in it. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, going back to the the eliminating DevRel, part of that is, is due to misunderstanding. SJ, your 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 big highlighted hot take there is kind of about that. Which one is that? Most companies don't oh. really know what DevRel is. Yeah, does. I was thinking the one the one that you um the, the, just the, the the natural segue from this one is this one, uh, because yeah. you know that's why companies are eliminating DevRel groups, and I would say the same thing for community as well. Um, at companies that are larger, because we wear so many hats, because they were so nuanced, nuanced, and to go back to that conversation we were having around, um, you know, like. The, the the term DevRel being misunderstood within companies is already a sign that like companies broadly just don't understand. Like Jason, you just said that you're introducing yourself as DevRel and people are like, huh? Like um, it's, a, it's a, a challenge that we have. And I think that like folks within DevRel would like to believe that we have a lot more sort of like, we're showcasing our value more easily than that, or just as well as other teams are. Um, but I think it's an ongoing struggle and it really depends on the company you're working for. And the result of that is that DevRel gets tasked with a variety of different things. And there's not always consistency from one company to another of what DevRel is sort of accountable for from a business perspective. Like we just went through the whole process of, of getting our like high level goals in place for next year. Um, and I think we're finally in a place at HubSpot where folks are like, yeah, I get that DevRel is representing all of our developers. We're not just trying to hone in on one slice of developer that's going to be the be all and end all for next year's product focus. Like we are taking care of all developers that are touching HubSpot in any way for the long term success of whatever initiatives product wants to roll out over time. But that's new. Like prior to this year's planning. It has really felt like, okay, this year we got to focus on this particular type of developer so that they could do this particular type of product work, which is completely missing the point. Like that's a marketing goal almost, right? Like, um, 
and in the like the cost of that is alienating the rest of our developers. So um, I don't know like how many companies are like, you know, I think everyone's at a different stage of all of this and navigating that is hard for us. Yeah, I, I, it's I, not a very I, hot take, I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not super hot for us, but I feel like, you know, it's it's like, you know, the the principal Skinner meme, like, you know, is it is it that I don't understand DevRel? No, no, it's the DevRel people don't understand it. Like, you know, it's it's I think people think they understand. I, I think like Mary very much proved out when she was running for say a consulting and a lot of what she did was go into a company and they're like, we want DevRel. And she's like, yeah, no, that's not actually what that is. Um, yeah. And she did it like she, she got paid to do that uh, because so many people were actually that not not knowledgeable about it. I don't want to say they were ignorant because there wasn't a whole lot of there, there's not a whole lot of resources to explain this. And They're just like developers, does developers, developers. They had that uh, bomber. That yeah. Steve Bomber, yeah. No more bomber, <laughs> y'all. You know, I'll, I'll save it for yeah. checkouts. But if you That's look at my band, take. if you look at my uh, my SoundCloud, I do have a a developers developers remix that I put together at one point in time. Nice. <laughs> Some of this, uh, just before we, we, we kind of wrap this up and, and we got a few other hot takes we're going to mention, but not go into, into details with them, but we thought we'd at least rattle off a few extras we, we thought about, but I think, you know, coming back to this and, and, and what developer relations is supposed to be and how it's related to marketing and all these different things, all of us on this call, probably everybody listening to this, this, uh, episode right now knows that within within the, the software world, within the tech world, which is mostly what we're all talking about, it is difficult to market to software developers or to technical people in traditional ways. They're not paying attention to billboards. They don't watch commercials. They don't like cold calls. They So a lot of that is just, it's a different way of marketing. It, you know, I'm gonna use the word, but it's a different way of reaching- I'm offended, people. Jason. <laughs> And, and I think some of, you know, one of the hot takes that SJ has is that marketing has maybe in some cases stole the term advocacy because of jealousy or other reasons. But I don't know that it's jealousy. I think it's that they've seen success in these other companies that, sure, they've got traditional marketing, but their secret weapon was developer relations or developer advocacy. And so they want, they think they need that. They want that. They're not wrong. They do need something like that because you're not going to reach those folks in traditional marketing channels. You're just not, they're turned off and, and, and that's just a full stop on that. You're not gonna get it, get it done. So I think that's where developer relations plays a role in assisting marketing, not taking over marketing's responsibilities. Um, but I think that that's a, that's a big part of why we see, you know, just a lot of challenges with understanding what, what this role is, what it does, how it provides value and impact and, 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 and also just where are we going moving forward? You know, there's a lot of tools that when we started this podcast six, seven, eight years ago, I've lost track of time. Um, or no, I guess it's longer than that now. Um, there's a lot of tools that don't exist anymore. The technology has changed and the way we build things, the way we build highly reliable, scalable, global systems, it's just a different landscape. And, and um, it's going to continue to be that way. And I think uh, we're shifting away into are shifting into a lot more low code. We're obviously shifting a lot more into large language models, model, you know, just, um, you know, AI sort of concepts in general. And I think we're gonna see more hot takes probably come from us in the future, especially around AI. I know SJ had some, some thoughts around that too, but um, I tell you what, Wesley, why don't you maybe read through 
would you mind reading through some of the ones that we didn't get to? Um, and then we'll, we'll move into checkouts. Sure. Yes. Um, DevRel is top thin. This is one of the, it's an, I don't know if it's an observation or a hot take, but this is talking about how the leadership doesn't really progress. Like people, uh, the attrition rate is so high in not only companies, but um, in profession that the C-suite doesn't really represent DevRel. And I think that's kind of related to a lot of the things that we pointed out. Um, saying too much experience with a lot of non-traditional backgrounds can be a detriment. Uh, at least this is what is perceived because if you can't be put in a box or if someone cannot describe you as just a developer advocate or a community manager or um, documentation practitioner or whatever, then if you say, well, I do all of that or I have experience with that and product and marketing and in development and engineering. That, so that you're a just seems like, <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you're, 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 you're too scatterbrained or you're, you're, doing the you're all over the place. Yeah, and it makes it hard for people to... to really take that in. So that was one of them. Um, and one is not everyone in DevRel is a speaker, which is also the whole flattening of DevRel saying like, I'm a DevRel does not really say all the different facets or the different mm -hmm. parts of developer relations. And then not everyone in DevRel needs to be technical. Oh, oh interesting. We kind uh, of, we kind I think, of that, was, I think that was PJs. Yeah. yeah that is, uh, wrong J. That was SJ. Uh, okay. Yeah. That was this Jay. <laughs> and then the last one is something something AI. I think you, uh, skipped, wait, wait. A, you skipped a really good a one. Oh, I, I don't know. One. No, I, I think that's all of them. Uh, I think we got okay. through. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will go ahead and say them then. One, DevRel is not growth hacking. Um, yeah. people, people have tried to sell that snake oil, and that does not work. Uh, but also, marketers are jealous of us. They stole the term yes. advocacy. I think, which I think they started that, yeah. to touch on that. I think Jason yeah. alluded to that. Yeah. Yeah, and but then that uh, means Dev Avocados is demeaning. Dev Avocados is demeaning. Let's go. Let's you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Blue Sky. You can find me on Mastodon. You can hit up my GitHub. My my handle is Esplenic everywhere I go. Dev Avocados is not good. Get rid of it. Stop saying it. Stop with the stickers, the hats, the T-shirts. It's bad. No more Dev Avocados. Thank you. My name is PJ Haggerty, and you know how to spicy, find me. Spicy. Five out of five. <laughs> avocados. Uh, and of and course... <laughs> yeah, it's time for the one of the funnest parts of the show, which is checkouts, which will start right after this message from our sponsors. Conferences, meetups, and events always start with a code of conduct, a model of accepted behavior that all attendees, staff, organizers, and speakers are expected to adhere to in order to keep a safe, inclusive environment. Callofconduct.com helps with reporting when that code of conduct has been violated. When an incident occurs, staff and organizers are alerted so issues can be resolved and everyone can feel safe and secure. Confrontations can be reduced via anonymous reporting and a record of all incidents is provided after the event. Callofconduct.com is built to make organizers' lives easier to create a safe and inclusive space for participants at an event and to ensure everyone has the best experience possible. All right, checkouts. Um, you know, it's kind of nice because with, since SJ has so much experience with the show, we, don't have to, we didn't have to explain checkouts to SJ. Um, why don't we have SJ kick us off? Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, this one's going to be... Um kind of a funny one for me. This is not I'm this is not actually my personal checkout, 
but it's uh, the checkout of a, a close personal friend who is very involved in the lock picking community. And I just think it's fascinating. Um, there are people all around the world that love lock picking, and he is particularly involved in um, a, a site called lpubelts.com. Essentially, you can get like your equivalent of a karate belt for your skills in lock picking. Um, and so it's just oh, a I mean, fun way to like a fun thing to show off to the world. And, mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole, there's also a discord, a Reddit community. And so we get to talk community shop a lot, but about two wildly different things. Um, and it's fascinating. I just, there's something for everyone out there. Y'all lock. I'm not, it's that, huge. That's sold, sold. I yeah. Mean, Sounds like merit badges just for lock. Picking. Yeah, exactly. It's lock. Gamification of the lock picking community. I'm all for it. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know if y'all have ever picked a lock before. But like you start with a starter lock, and the first time you pick that lock, you're like, oh, power. Yeah. And right. It just goes from there. It really unlocks something. <laughs> oh God. Did you miss it? <laughs> we did. Do you want to come back permanently? We need yeah, more that. The next, Maybe. We're just gonna bring SJ back for the after post, and the after post is gonna be nothing but hot puns. Deverell, hot puns. <laughs> nice, nice. Jason, you want to take this up next? Sure, sure. Um, so I've just got two two of them uh, coming up in September, which is when this episode will go live. Um, Data Dog is gonna be putting on this thing called Workshop Week, which is really an extension of our recent Dash user conference, which was a huge success in person in San Francisco. Had tons of people there, and one of the biggest parts of that uh, event that we've got the most feedback from was the workshops. They were um, sold out, they were at capacity, waiting list. And so we're gonna be doing those virtually uh, for an entire week. There is a small uh, fee to join that, but all of it goes to charity. And so I'll include a link to that, um, but you should go check that out. It's not just Datadog stuff. There's, there's, I mean, uh, it's very heavy Datadog. It uses our, our learning platform, but there's a lot of concepts in there that go well beyond just what, you know, Datadog specific things. So uh, I think it's really cool. It was one of the first things I got involved with um, when I joined Datadog and I was very impressed and very proud of the team for what they've done. So that's my first one. The second one is um, I'm gonna be uh, speaking uh, a couple places uh, later this year, or doing a couple things that I'm preparing for. One, I'm going to be doing a uh, webinar with GCP on their Vertex AI, uh, talking about different things that uh, we can do in terms of observability around large language models and AI in general, um, partnering up with Google for that. So that's going to be fun. And then another one I'm doing is uh, if you're going to be in Vegas for reInvent, look me up. I'm going to be there too. And I'm going to be um, chatting with, I can't probably share too many details yet, but I'll be there also talking about some large language models and machine learning things that some of our customers have done. Um, and in preparation for that, I've been trying to consume as much information as I can and really feel prepared to, to go on stage and, and help people. There's a really great book out there called Reliable Machine Learning, Applying SRE Principles to Machine Learning and Production. Uh, I'm about halfway through that. Uh, one of the authors is Niall Murphy, who if you ever read any of the SRE stuff from Google, he was a big contributor to that and just sort of the SRE conversations in, in general. So really great book, very dense, uh, pretty technical in some places. But if you are like me, um, diving headfirst into some of this large language model stuff and how do we build scalable, reliable systems that use large language models, this seems to be one of the best books out that I've found. And that's all I've got. Awesome. Awesome. Wesley, you're about to drop my favorite author, so I'm super excited. 
So I have another book as well, uh, also about artificial intelligence, but in a different way. This is more on the sci-fi uh, and older variety. Uh, it is iRobot. Um, and if you're like me and you watch the Will Smith movie version, uh, you are probably disgusted uh, as much as I was. Uh, and this is not at all like the movie. It's totally different. And it's a it's also a collection of scenarios of stories that I think are, are fascinating. Um, of course, you hear about the three the three laws um, and um, but this is talking about how they can go wrong and how they can be worked around and how it's very important to realize that if you don't fully understand technology, you still need to understand how technology can go wrong. And I really, really enjoyed reading this book recently. And I think it's a refresher. And I think it's also, even though it's very old, it's extremely timely. So if you have not read iRobot, please do so. If you have in the past, I recommend picking it up again and reviewing it. Yeah, absolutely. One of my that's one of my favorite books of all time. Like, I think it, you know, especially working in technology, like you kind of see, uh, just because you've set up parameters and you set up borders and and bumpers to keep things safe, that doesn't mean anything's safe. Um, and and as a programmer, like that's definitely something you learn at a very 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 early stage. Um, and it, you great you, vacuum cleaners too. Uh, iRobot. Yeah, also, yes, definitely great vacuum cleaners some company um, just bought them didn't they I don't, I don't know which one did did they get bought out we can talk about that yeah, later. They did. <laughs> um, so my checkouts uh first of all if you haven't and you like video games and you haven't checked it out yet Baldur's gate 3 is unbelievably good um the music is good the visuals are good the story is good if you ever said hmm i'm curious about playing dungeons and dragons but i don't have any friends who play dungeons and dragons but i just like to try it out get Baldur's gate 3 um, it's right now for PC only. It's also on the Steam Deck. I'm playing on my Steam Deck, which if you don't have a Steam Deck, also pretty awesome. Um, but it's just a fantastic, highly immersive fantasy game. My wife is 100% addicted, as am I. Uh, you can play multiplayer. You can play multiplayer online, so you can actually have like a campaign of four people where you're all working together. So it's it's cool. It's a lot of fun, and it is visually brilliant. Um, the other thing is uh, earlier this week uh, when I was in Buffalo, I was super excited. I got to see my favorite band of all time, Sunday Real Estate. Um, they only have four albums. Check out their entire catalog. They are probably one of the most amazing things ever. And whenever your kids are like, I love emo because I shop at Hot Topic, you'd be like, no, let me tell you how emo really works, kids. Um, but yeah, even plus after all these one, years, they have DJ plus one. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. They're coming to Brooklyn soon, SJ. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, we, we're already in talks to, to, to possibly get a train ride down just for the show. But yeah. And on that note, SJ, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's an um, delight. We missed you. I'm sure all the listeners missed you. you. They're all listening, going like, "Ah, oh, this is so great." <laughs> um, and and the person who missed you misses you most of all, probably Mary, because she's not here right now. Um, I miss Mary too. And that and that's okay. But uh, <laughs> as we like to, you know, put put things together and and you know, kind of cap it all off with a great quote at the end. Uh, I had some. It was kind of tough because, like, how do you how do you quote hot takes? How do you get something you know spicy? So I decided instead of spicy, let's let's really talk about passion. So the quote I have is this: I mean, I like to be passionate and sincere, but I also like to have fun and act like a dork. Geeks unite! Thanks for that awesome quote, Kurt Cobain. We miss you. And with that, thank you so much for listening to the Community Pulse, and thank you for the privilege of your time. 
You've been listening to the Community Pulse. Find out more at communitypulse.io, on Twitter at community underscore pulse, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out our extra podcast, The After Pulse. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you